the American people will soon find out if the United States is going to war. Fires are raging across Brazil's Amazon rainforest. At the stroke of midnight, the U.S. hit China with tariffs on $34 billion worth of goods. Hurricane Dorian made landfall with wind speeds of 185 miles per hour. Multiple drones bombed Saudi Arabia's largest oil facilities today. 60,000 people have fled their homes in northeastern Syria. It's like these 500-year floods or 100-year floods. They're happening every other year. Anti-government protesters in Hong Kong have taken to the streets. The magnitude 7.1 quake was felt from Los Angeles all the way to Nevada. It is one of the worst escalations of violence on the Israel-Gaza border in years. The world seems so unstable, so insecure. Everything is changing way too fast. But there are some things that are steadfast, things that never change. God and His Word. Randy Reams is pastor of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. Join Pastor Randy now as he shares truths from God's unchanging word. What's the, what's the purpose, God's purpose, for the union becoming one? I'm going to leave it like that, mixed audience. What's his purpose in that? Godly offspring. How do I know that? Just go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26 through 28. Now remember, God has just spoke with his words. Uh, you know, was there sound traveling through time space when there wasn't time space? No. But God said, let there be light. And God said, he's getting a point across. God said, God said, God said. Okay? Then God speaks to himself within the Trinity. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the livestock, and all the earth, and all the other creepy things. So God created man in his own image. Now listen to the image of God. This is what the image of God is. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. This is why homosexuality is sin. It is idolatry. It's making a different image of God. When you make an image of God that's not him, that's idolatry. Therefore, both of those things, idolatry and homosexuality, is an abomination. I can't wait for these emails. And God blessed them and said to them. Now you're, God has spoken the universe into existence, and now he speaks to himself, and then he speaks to man. What's the first thing he says to humankind? Be fruitful and multiply. Now this is going to, I know this is going to make people upset. That's the purpose of the physical union between a man and a woman. Not what makes your heart feel good. Or other. Okay? That's the purpose. Now, you've heard me say this before. It's from my life lessons journal. When you do not understand the purpose of a thing, abuse is inevitable. When the church decides that's not true... That the purpose of the physical union is something else besides offspring. We lost its purpose and it became about something else. And then when it became about something else in the marriage, it became about something else in the single life. And mixed audience. Be fruitful and multiply. That is in the imperative. It is a command from God. Subdue it. That is the earth, take dominion. I would suggest the reason, the reason we don't do that, oh, 
the key to the taken dominion is that godly offspring. I want you to imagine, we all know the numbers of, of the birth rates in Europe, like France or whatever, and their birth rates don't even replace themselves. So you have to have two point something because of death rates to replace yourself. The United States doesn't replace itself. But we're not near as bad as France. But there is another religious group there that averages six children per family. Which one's going to take dominion? Just by numbers, give a generation, two generations, it's over. So it's, there's just a practical way to think about that besides the Scripture itself. God told them, what, the reason I made you one, that I would have godly offspring. In his, this particular case, would be Hebrews. Correct? When you don't understand, that's why I called you to do this, you can go off and marry the one your heart flutters after. Now, God doesn't tell us we have to marry within a certain nationality, ethnicity, or anything like that. Okay, This was the Jews because God's promised seed was going to come through. That is Jesus himself. He will return. Jesus will return for a remnant of those people that he, you heard me speak about earlier, that he will deliver from this war that's attacking them. But listen to the advice here. Guard yourselves. If you you don't understand that you're too one, it's a covenant with God, all right, and you think this union's about something else, you need to guard your spirit. How do you do that? Well, let me ask you a question. How do you protect your children? Do you let them go out and play in the traffic and dodge it? Just tell them, make sure you dodge quick. (laughs) Let them eat whatever they want, and then just tell them to exercise more? One of the ways we guard our children is we restrict their choices. I don't know how else to say that. They are children. They are immature. And though as they get older, we give them more choices. But you've got to remember, these guys came through spiritual revival. They thought they were mature. Let none of you be faithless to the wife of his youth. And this statement that makes a lot of people angry, at least 50% of people anyway. For I, God, hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel. Not Randy Reams. I didn't say that. Okay, it's written there, God's words. Okay? In these two verses related to marriage, it uses the word, he refers to himself as Yahweh, Jehovah, the self-existent creating one, four times in two verses. Once you get across, this is a God idea, not a Malachi idea, not a Moses idea, not an Abraham idea, not a 12 apostles idea. It's a God idea. These so-called reasons for divorce in Matthew and Mark, okay, do not alter the fundamental point of view of God. He is immutable. His opinion doesn't change based upon the culture. Now, let's get real. Do I sin? You bet I do. The Bible says if you say you don't, <laughs> you're lying to yourself. Okay? All right? All right? You bet I do. Does God's grace cover that? Yes. Can God's grace cover a divorce for the wrong reasons? Yep. Doesn't stop the fact that God hates all sin. Correct? 
So I lie to someone. God forgives me of that. Does that stop the fact that God hates lying? Nope. Does that make sense? Well, since we're going to lie anyway, what's the big deal? Let's just lie. See how ridiculous it sounds when I use it like that. Paul even addresses this idea of, about divorce when he's in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Now remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 5 is a fellow in an immoral relationship. Okay, I'm not saying how, but there's a stepmom involved. Paul tells us that a woman shouldn't separate from her husband, a husband shouldn't divorce his wife. Okay? If you, I'll get to that in a minute. Okay? Then it says this, I hate divorce, says the Lord God of Israel, and he who covers his garment with injustice, is the Holman Christian Standard Bible and a couple others. Some of them say wrong. The NAS says covers himself with wrong. And the King James says violence. And the violence throws us off right there. Okay? For example, the word evil in Scripture can mean moral evil. It can mean what we would call natural evil, storms and hurricanes and this, okay? But it also can be used as the general word of any calamity in your life. We things we think are evil. The car breaks down, the dishwasher blows up, okay? That's when the hose in the back of the washer falls about, the, the, roof, the tree falls on the roof, the roof can all this stuff happen. It can refer to that too. So the word here in the King James translated violence and you can look it up in the Thayer's. You don't have to have my thick, fancy book. You can look it up. That's a, a lexicon that was written 100 years ago. Okay? That allows people, you can go look at it. Okay? But so this guy, when he does this, he covers his garment with injustice or wrong. In other words, he's sinning. That's a pretty way to say it. Okay? But it's injustice in another sense, and I'm not breaking that out now. So be careful that you do not, about your spirit, that you do not, Deal treacherously with her. Now, you have wearied the Lord with your words. You've tried to convince God both why you're just and you keep coming to him trying to want him to fix your life. Those tears and all that that he was talking about earlier. How have we wearied, wearied you? In, really? In what you say. Listen to this. How have you wearied me, God, by what you say? Anyone... Who does evil is good in the sight of the Lord. Let me put this. This was a good thing. you, you got to understand, though, it was good that I married this girl. And, and let me give you the ten reasons why, God, that this is good. Oh, come on. Right now, I will take you out there and show you 15 reasons why homosexual is a good thing and why you should accept it. Or living together before you get married. I mean, there's all kinds of people think that's a good idea. Still disobedience to God's word. It's still sin. Okay? Or why you had to lie in that situation. Or why you had unjust weights. Or reason, reason is you brought this thing up it caused division in the church. Those are all an abomination. And you can come up with 50 good reasons. why. But when you call what God says is bad evil and you call it good... Basically, you're calling God a liar. I want you to think about that for a minute. Now, I'm going to be honest. If you're standing on a street corner, some guy looks up to heaven and says, God, you're a liar. I'm moving to the other side of the street before the lightning hits. I mean, I want you to think about it. If your boss looked at you 
When you were in an office and you, oh, you were at church and said, you know, I believe your God's just a liar. I bet you you'd be shocked. But see, when we call good what God calls evil, we are calling God a liar. Well, let me put another. Well, that depends on how you interpret it. You know. Divorce doesn't mean, mean divorce. It means something else. Well, that ain't fair. That's, where is the God of justice? Well, it ain't fair that I have to marry that one and not the pretty one I like over there. That's not fair that I can't love whoever I want. <laughs> you guys, it ain't about you. I got to keep moving. Okay? So I want to take a moment to, to bring it into Jesus' words in Matthew 10, 9 through, or 2 through 9. And some of the Pharisees came to Jesus, testing him, and began questioning him whether it was lawful for a man to divorce his wife. And he, Jesus, answered them and said, What did Moses command you? Did you notice that? Did, did you hear me? Not what God commanded you. What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses permitted. Does it say God permitted? No, Okay. Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send his wife away. And Jesus said to them, see, he gets past the surface issue. Can I? Trying to pin God, Jesus down, you know, so they can get him, use his words against him. Because of the hardness of your heart, he, Moses, wrote this command. Moses allowed you to do this because he saw how hard your heart was. In other words, when you got hard towards your woman, when you got bitter, oh, I just don't love her anymore. Okay? But God made them male and female. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. Let me put that in context for you. Adam's alone in the garden. He's all one. He's just single. One guy. God said, this ain't good. Why is that? Let me put it this way. Let us make mankind in our image. He's one. We got a problem. God is a we and an us. So he puts Adam asleep, and he doesn't create Eve out of the dirt. He doesn't make Eve the same way he made Adam. He takes Eve out out of Adam. Everything Adam is, she is, in a sense, the same being. She couldn't ever argue, well, I'm different than you in that sense. No, you're of the same being. No problem. But they ain't the same. Here's why. How do I know? Because whatever God took out of Adam was in Eve. It wasn't in Adam anymore. Please don't try to put it back. Our world's trying to put it back, trying to turn us men into feminine. Please don't. I will never communicate the way my wife really needs. It's not in here. It was taken out. Okay? That distinction, but same. And he looks at her. Adam looks at Eve. Says, hey, bone of my bone, flesh of my... Hey, your me just different. You're the same. For that reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two become one flesh, right? The diversity, the, the differentiation, yet unity in one. The reason that's there, because God is a 
plurality and oneness. One God, one being, three persons. The reason that a man will leave his father and mother, because when he looks at her, there's a reflection of the Trinity of God. But that ain't what the world tells you. But when you don't understand the purpose of it, I'll leave it. Two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. I know, we actually think we can destroy God's created world. Scripture says as long as the earth remains, there will be seed time and harvest. There won't be a time when the earth is burnt up and all global warm and nothing grows. Why? Because the Bible says so. I know, you're not going to change God's creation. God's in charge of it. He's, he's doing it all to begin with. I'll leave that. So I think I hounded that one. The New Testament covenant community is the church. It is the family of God. Now, a family is comprised of individuals, is it not? But in particular, ones that have been adopted by God into his family. Ephesians 1, 5 through 7. Each member is bound to the other by blood. What blood is that? Yeah, the blood of Jesus. That's what bonds us. That's what opens the door for our adoption. We're bound together by blood, just like the Hebrews. Membership or participation in this New Testament covenant community, again, at the church, by definition, is an interdependent relationship. Thus, the term covenant community or family. You're not here. You'd never be here if you weren't dependent on somebody else in the family. Okay? Paul addresses this in, in Corinthians 12 and Ephesians. There are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you, because it's interdependent. Okay? Or again, the head to the feet, that I have no need of you. You can't look at me and say, you don't need me. You can't look at the person sitting next to you. You're blood-bound through the blood of Christ. I don't need you. I could just stay home and have. Paul says you can't do that. You get to Ephesians 4. He talks about the idea of a body itself, that the joints, each joint connected, and the flow between the joints as we interact with each other, that causes growth in the body, the body of Christ. But this interdependence necessarily forms an agreement between the persons and the families of loyalty. This is why God says this. You want to know another abomination? When somebody breaks this up. There's a loyalty thing that comes as we're bound by this blood, and we try to break that through division. That's an abomination to God, as much as it was for these people to marry the foreign gods or foreign women. Having strong relationships with ungodly companions. Now notice what I said, strong relationships with ungodly companions. Has a corrosive influence on one's own heart, attitudes, and behavior. 
these guys thought they were strong enough after this great time of revival that I can marry this foreign woman and it's not going to get me. I, I, you know what? I, I don't know what to tell you, but there's stuff feeds your flesh every day. You, you, you right now, man, I don't, I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to use that kind of language. Then you go to work. You don't have to go find those words. You just hear them. Or images or thoughts that are thrown at you every day. You don't have to go find them. They just come. Okay? But there's a difference when I get strong relationships and interconnected. And, and the word here that's used um, in the New Testament when it says bad company corrupts good character. This word of company has, comes, comes from the word where we get the word homo, single, oneness. It starts this way, though. Ready? Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good character. The context here in Paul is actually bad doctrine. There are those who said there's no resurrection. And Paul says, man, you don't want to hang with these people because it's going to corrupt your doctrine. Okay? For some reason, we think teenagers and young adults who are in love, they are easily deceived. Well, these guys remarried, they divorced the wife, the young one. That means they're older now. They sh- Somewhere they were influenced by someone else. As Paul goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 5, where he throws the guy out of the church. By the way, later in chapter, or 2 Corinthians, he says, okay, the guy's had enough correction, entering back into the body now, because the purpose of church discipline is restoration, not condemnation. We went through that Wednesday night. But this is what he says in chapter 5, verse 6. A little leaven... Leavens the whole lump. He doesn't say, you know, the lump overtakes the leaven, converts it to lump. No, leaven spreads. Okay, in that particular context is sexual immorality. I'm telling you, the reason right now 40% of those people go to church more than twice or once a month were willing to accept a homosexual pastor. Because the sin that was led into the church first. The leaven that got in. And, and one of those leavens is, I can divorce. I can live with him uh, because we want this to work. You know, God makes marriage so important. I want to make sure this works. So I live with him first. I'm calling Eve. Good. Okay. When you let a little in. Now there's a difference again between you hearing the guy at work between seeing something out there than inviting it in your home. Probably on a screen. Okay? No, I didn't say those screens were bad, did I? No, but I'm going to guard my spirit. My eyes, my ears, my heart. Because it's going to come out there, but I don't have to invite it in. And remember this. I would mention to you first, or 2 Corinthians 6 when he talks about don't be bound together with unbelievers. What partnership does righteousness have with lawlessness or light with dark? And he gives these analogies, okay? Now, what agreement does the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of God. Not you, we are the temple of God. Okay, I'm going to keep moving. The final, I'm going to end with this, and I know I'm long. God disciplines those he loves. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 5 through 11. I won't read it all. But he says this, if you're not being disciplined by God, you're illegitimate. 
That's one of the ways you know when you're one of God's kids because he loves you enough to say, I'm not going to let you play in the freeway. I'm not going to let you eat whatever you want. I'm not going to let you watch whatever, using that analogy of raising kids. Perhaps, maybe, perhaps there's something in your life and God's bringing discipline. And you're coming to church and says, my prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. My worship's going nowhere. Perhaps. I'm not saying that's always the case. Some days are just like that. But if it's continual or repetitive, I would say, you look at your life and say, God, how, what, you're trying to wake me up. What you want you're trying to show me. Now, I'm going to be honest. For some people, that would be something you and I would call some grave sin. That might be. But, though, but as you grow in Christ, he starts going, yeah, you're past the big ones. Uh, you know, when you wave that Bible at that neighbor of yours, that's pride. Okay, so it doesn't have to be a grand thing. But God is saying here to them, I'm not accepting your offering. And you'll find in the next chapter, your harvests aren't growing. Natural harvest. Why? Because God's going to discipline his people. Why? Because he loves them and wants to draw them back to himself which is better than any other harvest he can give you, any other blessing you can get. Any, it's him. He is the great reward. And when we're a sin, it pushes us away from him. And he calls us through his discipline back to him. Thank you, God, you discipline your sons and daughters that we might be closer to you. And maybe... Maybe he might even do that to a nation. Let's stand. I want you to realize, too, one of the ways that a nation usually pulls away from God using Scripture is by blessing. When you get in this land where there's houses you didn't build, fields you didn't tend, and the harvests are good, be careful that you don't turn from me. It is not hard times that turn you from God. It's good ones. Father, I thank you for your word, for in it is truth and life. God, I know it was a hard message today for some. But God, draw them to your word. Let them go back and read it again. Let them see it's your words, not the words of this broken, sinful human being. Speak by your Holy Spirit. Bring conviction, healing, and restoration. Draw them back to you in your great love. God, then we come into your house. We will declare your greatness, your wondrous works, your kind and good discipline. Because it is knowing you, O oh God, that is our great reward. To you be all the glory, I pray. Amen. This is Pastor Randy Reams, and I want to thank you for joining us today for Truths from God's Unchanging Word. This broadcast is a ministry outreach of Kindred Bible Church in Nampa, Idaho. And if you'd like to hear this message in its entirety or other messages, just visit kindredbible.org forward slash media. And there you can also subscribe to the podcast. If you're being ministered to by this broadcast, I'd like to ask you to consider financially supporting this ministry. Giving is easy. Just go to kindredbible.org forward slash give. There you can make a one-time gift or you can choose to become a monthly supporter. But if you prefer, you can send your gift to KBC, P.O. Box 32, Nampa, 
Idaho 83653. Your prayers, words of encouragement, and financial support helps ensure that this broadcast will continue to be heard in your region and around the world. Again, I'd like to thank you for listening to Truths from God's Unchanging Word.